Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. A big tip of the cap. Thank you to Camilla's Golf Club, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Burton Ace Hardware. If you're in and around Central New York, you got to stop off the Bartell Road exit. Take a quick right, a quick right on Route 11, and it's right there in front of the Burton Bridge. They have everything you literally need inside and outside for your home, from shovels and salt to spring and, and summer items like uh, the top-notch grills out there. Head on over to Burton Ace Hardware. You won't be disappointed. And oh, by the way, they also carry local vendors in New York State, pickles, beef jerky, unbelievable sauces. So get on over to Burton Ace Hardware and sign up for the rewards program as you can save today with Ace. Ace is the place, Burton Ace Hardware, Route 11 in Burton, if you are in and around central New York. So I wanted to spend this whole podcast on college basketball. I haven't done a lot of college hoops on the show uh, yet. I was kind of waiting for the NFL to, you know, kind of move into the Super Bowl time and, uh, you know, all, all the things that have you know, happened with the NFL. It's like, obviously, most people's number one topic, uh, you know, every single day of the year. Um, but I've, everybody knows out there that I live in central New York. I went to St. Bonaventure. So there's college basketball just running through me. And, and that's how it's been since I was a little kid. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of jump in and uh, I finally also have gotten able to get on the television and, and jump around and watch more college hoops uh, than previously this season. Um, there's just so much going on, right? I mean, you have a toddler, you've got, you've got work stuff, you've got, you know, I love watching hockey, the NFL's going on, uh, all sorts of different things. And, and I also think that the college basketball product isn't really that great. It's solid, but it's not great. And, and, you know, in recent years, I think that it's kind of gone down. I, I don't really know what the reason for it is. Um, yeah, I think maybe it's a, a situation where, the product is a little bit diluted. Um, I used to blame the one and done um, sort of era because so many raw, you know, freshmen were coming in and all the rest. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think the product's down certainly a little bit. Um, so let's jump around um, just kind of, I'm just going to kind of give you a state of the union stuff on the sport. You know, top teams, I think, are are, are out there right now. Um you know, and some thoughts on Bonaventure, some thoughts on Syracuse, uh, and, and I'll just kind of go around college basketball. I, I think if you look right now 
at the current landscape, I think that we're probably looking at around, I would say 12 to 15 teams that could win the national championship. Um, I think there's probably 20 to 25, actually probably almost 30 um, teams that could make the final four. Um, this is not a 2012, you know, <laughs> Kentucky type of a year with Kid Gilchristen and Anthony Davis and that group. Um, this is not a, you know, a, a, a 2000 and, um, you know, f- what was it, 2005 North Carolina type of year. Um, you know, this is not even, even that UConn team with, you know, Mecca Okafor and, and Ben Gordon, um, you know, in what, 04, I think. It, it's not one of those, you know, start to finish, just here we go. Um, you know, wire to wire, just at the top, there's there's a clear cut, no doubt about it, number one team. Um, you know, Duke in 99, even though they lost in the national championship game to uh, UConn and, and, and one of the great upsets in the history of college basketball. In fact, I think Duke that year, uh, with Trajan Langdon and Elton Brand and all those guys, I, I think that might be the best team in college basketball history to never win a title uh, for a single season. UConn had Khalid Alamine. They had Ricky Moore, the sixth man off the bench. They had, I think, Jake Vosco was on that team. Uh, Rip Hamilton, that was that was a hell of a team. Um, so let's jump around. I think the top probably three to five teams in college basketball are, I would put Gonzaga number one. I would go, I saw Auburn just blow the doors off of Alabama uh, last week. Uh, and, and you just, you can't argue with, I mean, what do they say, right? With with Final Four teams, national championship teams, what do they say? You know, they say that you, you need two things for sure, right? And one is guard play in March, right? And the other one is NBA talent. You've never seen a college basketball team, in most cases, win without some kind of NBA talent. Well, guess what? The Auburn Tigers probably have, you know, the number one, two, or three pick in the NBA draft upcoming this spring, you know, this spring, summer, whenever the hell it is, right? 6'10", 220-pound freshman forward in Jabari Smith, who can also play the outside, so uh, you know, he can he can obviously shoot it at times. He's just an unbelievable athlete. But Auburn has both. I mean, they have they have guard play. They've got NBA talent led by Jamari, Jabari Smith. Um, you know, I, I would probably put Gonzaga number one, Auburn number two. Um, I just like what those clubs bring to the table. Um, you know, this Auburn team is certainly a club, you know, under Bruce Pearl, and obviously we know he's a sketchy dude and all the rest, but the guy can coach. I mean, he just flat out can coach. Um, and they have a very, very, uh, you know, I would say uh, veteran-laden team as well. Um, and I think Auburn, Auburn's a real threat, you know, to, to go to the Final Four and to win it all. Um, you know, they have a ton of depth. They have a ton of experience. They play in a, you know, a big boy conference. They average, they're just a locomotive offensively. I think they put up a hundred on Alabama, um, you know, 80.6 points per game. Uh, they don't shoot it great from the outside, which if they get into a game in the tournament, and again, it's always about matchups, right? Um, yeah, you could, you could, you could knock Auburn off if you have a great shooting night and you defend and, and their threes aren't going down, which they haven't really gone down all year. 
Uh, they could run into some problems in the tournament with the three-point shooting not being there. And also, they're not a very good free-throw shooting team. I mean, they're 74% from the line. That's that's not very good. Um, but they are explosive on offense. Uh, so far, they have played, uh, you know, just enough of a uh, – played enough defense. They probably could get better in, in that regard. And, you know, they have four guys who average double figures. I mean, you've got the kid Walker Kessler, another forward. Wendell Green Jr. has been outstanding for them, as well as Katie Johnson. Uh, and then Jabari Smith – as I mentioned, um, you know, and all those guys are logging, you know, 24, 26, 28 minutes. Um, so Auburn's a really, really good team. I'd put them at number two, but I would say the concerns, you know, really would be what I just mentioned with the three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. I just don't know, uh, you know, six games you got to win in the tournament. Ooh, uh, you're, you're missing those two things. That, that's going to hurt you. But they do have on their side NBA talent, and also uh, they have – an incredible, incredible guard, um, you know, mix that, that I think is, is really terrific. Um, I, I would probably venture to say my third best team is, um, is, is Duke, believe it or not. Um, I know Baylor's there, Arizona, Houston, Kentucky, Purdue. Baylor has, has kind of looked blah to me this year at times. I know they're still 18 and three, I know they're still a top 10 team. Um, UCLA, I, I just, I don't, I, I, there's something missing there. Um, you know, uh, I, I, Purdue, Purdue's a good team. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I thought they were number one in the country. Um, but they've come back a little bit here, you know, with three losses, uh, still a top, you know, five club in, in both polls. Um, but I don't know if all of them are better than Duke. I still think that Duke on its best day. It is. It just always feels like this, right? That they're the team to beat, right? Every year, when they're at their best, and this is a different Duke team. You know, this is not a Duke team that's loaded with, you know, unbelievable three-point shooters. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, traditionally, Duke has been a team that has had just unbelievable dagger shooters. You know, right from JJ Redick to all the others. Um, you know, they're a 36.2% team from the outside, but this team is more made up by their their outstanding inside-outside forwards and, 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 you know, kind of building it from there and then out. Um, you know, Paolo Boncaro is just a freaking stud. He might be the number one pick. You probably hit between him and Jabari Smith. Uh, Akinjo from Baylor might have something to do with that, uh, something to say about it. Uh, but you got more Junior Boncaro and A.J. Griffin, the forwards. That's where the really, I think, the strength of the team is. And then from there, you have your guards and Trevor Keels and Mark Williams. And, you know, I just think this team right now, uh, they they don't obviously have uh, a ton of depth. Um, they're able to play, you know, seven, eight guys for sure. Um and actually, you know what? I stand corrected. I forgot. I forgot about Blakes and Jones. I forgot about those two guys. Um, they're logging six minutes each. So okay. Uh, and then you know the kid Roach is average thirty one point four minutes. Um, so they do actually have depth. I, I stand corrected on that. The big five I just mentioned, and then you got Roach and Baker and John and Jones uh, and and Blake. So they, they they can roll out. They can roll out eight nine if they need to. Um, you know, no question about it. And. You know, it's, it's just going to come down to two things with Duke. It really is. It's going to come down to, 
uh, is this team, um, you know, with with all the young players on it, is this team going to be okay in the tournament? Because we've seen during the one-and-done era, a lot of these teams, you know, <laughs> Jabari Parker being, you know, a, a huge name for the Duke Blue Devils, uh, Zion, we've seen a lot of these teams, especially with Duke lately, you know, yeah, they're 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 awfully raw in the tournament. Um, unless you've got a Carmelo Anthony, you know, unless you've got you know a Kevin Durant, unless you've got a, 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 a Anthony Davis, um, you know, the the I still think the model in college basketball has been you know for the national championship teams, it's been Villanova. I mean, when they've won multiple championships, they've had just completely veteran laden teams. Um, you know, Boncaro's a freshman, right? Griffin's a freshman. Um, you know, they lean heavily on Roach, uh, who's a soft. Well, he's a sophomore. Um, you know, Mark Williams is a sophomore. Wendell Moore Jr. Uh, is a junior, um, so that helps. But you've got Boncaro, who's a freshman. You have A.J. Griffin, who's a freshman. They need those guys to be elite if they're going to win a national championship. They do have a good blend, though, of, you know, a couple of older guys. I mean, with more junior in there, um, you know, and Joey Baker is, is a senior, um, you've got, you have a couple of veterans to balance that out. But their best players, when when they're, you know, right and on and going, um, you know, are freshmen. Uh, when, when, and I'm not saying that, you know, somebody else can't be a, a great player, uh, in, in, in other games or whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I think that this team, when Boncaro and, you know, you have Keels and you have, um, you know, A.J. Griffin, those three guys, uh, I, I think that when you have the freshmen performing at that number, at, at that rate, high rate, um, you know, you're, you're obviously in, in really, good, really good shape if you're Duke. Um, the other thing is too, is, you know, not just the youth in the tournament and all that and how they handle it and can they win six games and all that. It's also their defense, you know, their defense under coach K has gotten a little bit looser, uh, the last few years. Um, and you know, he obviously has been playing a lot more zone since he's been hanging out with his buddy, Jim Beheim. This is the final year for coach K uh, and he's going to be greatly missed. I mean, uh, you know, the sport is just a massive hole without him there. He's been the Duke of uh, the face of Duke basketball forever. Um, but I just think, you know, maybe these guys will dig deep and, you know, I think it'd be great. I know there's a lot of Duke haters out there. I'm certainly not one of them. Um, I, I just don't really, I don't really have a reason to hate them. I, I Syracuse fans hate them because they're the new, you know, ACC team to, to hate North Carolina fans for obvious reasons, right? NC State, etc. Uh, a lot of people hate Duke because they're successful. Uh, there's a jealousy factor. We know how that works. Um, but it'd be cool, I think, if Coach K, you know, kind of rode out into the sunset with uh, not necessarily a national championship. Obviously, if he did that, that would be crazy. But, you know, a Final Four, you know, being, being in the Final Four, they could do a celebration at the final four for him. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and so Duke, Duke, I still think when they're right and they're, and they're rolling, I think Duke is a top three team in college basketball. I think they are, um, you know, and then from there, you know, I'd probably round it out with like, 
Oh, man. I mean, all these teams now are kind of together. Uh, I, I probably would say at this very moment, the way they've looked, I'd throw Kentucky in there at four, and then I think I'd throw Baylor uh, at five. Um, th- again, Villanova will be heard from before the end of the year. Um, this is a team that I think has finally started to get a little bit of its you know, uh, uh, strength in, 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 in the team, you know, the, their legs under them, um, starting to find a little bit more of that cohesion. And I love, love Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore. These two guys are tremendous, tremendous guards. And they just do everything really, really well. They're great passers. Uh, they can drive to the hoop. Um, you know, they're leaders. They're extremely, extremely confident. Um, you know, they both shoot the three extremely well. 43.1% for Gillespie and Justin Moore is shooting 39%. This is a team, by the way, that shoots 36.6% from three. Um, you know, some of their forwards have actually had a nice year shooting the three um, as well. Uh, 36.6, again, not ultra high, but certainly good enough in college basketball. I mean, if you, uh, you know, put the numbers down, if, if this team gets hot from the outside, they can beat anybody in the country. Uh, but they do everything else really, really well. They value the basketball. Uh, they're defensively sound. They really get after it on the glass. And that's another staple of Jay Wright and his coaching, right? Because Jay Wright um, made sure that when he went to Villanova that, you know, whether it was Scotty Reynolds or Alan Ray or whoever, uh, a lot of his guards, you know, were taught, you know, you, you got to get after the rebounds. You got to follow your shots. And this team does that really, really well. I mean, Gillespie is a guy who just really can fill the box score. Um, 3.4 rebounds isn't a huge number, but he gets them in all the right spots. You know, and the same can be said for Justin Moore. He's a junior, right? I mean, senior, junior in the backcourt. Villanova will be heard from. Villanova is a team every single year because of that veteran-laden makeup, the DNA, the leadership. You don't want to play them. You just don't want to play them. Um, you know, and then I think there's a bunch of other teams like Final Four um, contenders. You know, I think probably Ohio State, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, Kansas, Houston, uh, Arizona. Um, you know, on down the line, you know, U- UConn is a pretty solid team. They, they've finally gotten healthy, and they look really, really good for the most part. Um, they did have, I tell you what, I couldn't believe I really couldn't believe last week, um, you know, how that game unfolded down the stretch when they lost to Creighton. I mean, that was a that was a tough, ugly loss. Before that, they had won four in a row. Um, but their test comes up, uh, you know, here in, in the month of February, right? I mean, when you're looking at games against Nova, you got Marquette, Xavier, Xavier again, Nova again. You got five ranked games, uh, five ranked opponents in, in, in games upcoming, uh, and that's going to be a monster challenge for UConn. And company, but I think I think UConn's probably a Final Four contender. Uh, that Big East is obviously really, really competitive. I mean, you got you've got UConn, you got Nova, you got Creighton, uh, you know, you've got Marquette, you've got a lot of a lot of teams. Butler, you know, at any moment can strike again. Uh, so this is a th- th- this Big East is going to be very, very good. I think that might be um, you know the tournament to watch this year. Um, you know, and then you have some teams at the back end of the top twenty-five. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I haven't really gotten a read on them. LSU, Marquette, Xavier, Ohio, or uh, Iowa State, Texas, 
uh, Iowa State, Illinois, those kind of clubs. I, I just don't know what to make of them. Um, Davidson certainly is a team that I would say is um, going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, they just went to the Riley Center last week and took down my Bonnies, and I'll get to St. Bonnie here in just a second too. Um, but this is a club that's 18, as I record this, they're 18 and three, eight and one over, uh, eight and one in the, in the A-10. And they've just got so many guys are well coached with Bob McKillop. I mean, this, this team is, you know, routinely just a thorn in people's sides and it starts and ends with a three point shooting, right? I mean, let's be honest right now. Um, you know, they have been able to shoot it ever since the Steph Curry days. Um, and you know, they've got too many guys out there, guys who, you know, move great without the ball, um, guys who pass the ball, share it really, really well. Uh, they've got Lee, they have Foster Lawyer, uh, you know, Michael Jones, all those guys shoot the ball extremely well. They're shooting 40.9% from three. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in college basketball. Um, to end the podcast, just a couple of quick thoughts here. One on St. Bonaventure, um, just been a really disappointing year for St. Bonnie. Um, you know, they came in with the expectations through the roof, everybody coming back to the roster, uh, transfers coming in, new blood from, from big teams and big conferences. No, none of them have worked out. I know that, you know, you can obviously blame a little bit on Corona, uh, in terms of, you know, when it hit and all that, um, could be a, a, a factor, um, certainly, uh, but not you know, not the only, uh, thing. I mean, everybody's kind of dealing with that. It's just kind of a matter of, you know, when it hits and, 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 and frankly, uh, with Bonaventure, uh, it, it hit at a bad time. They had that huge lull where they didn't play. Um, I think Linton Brown was supposed to be a guy, um, who was going to come in and, and be a spark plug off the bench. And, and he just hasn't worked out. Uh, Quadri Adams, uh, Earlier in the year, probably should have gotten some more playing time. Now he's kind of a non-factor. Koulibaly seems like he's regressing. And when you're playing these five guys all the time, man, I mean, it's Jalen Attaway, Jaron Holmes, Kyle Lofton, Dom Welch, and Oshun Oshanee. Um, you know, when you're playing these guys all the time, um, there are games, I mean, they just look gassed, man. I mean, they look gassed against Duquesne. They look gassed against Davidson at times late in that game. Uh, they didn't look right against George Mason. They had a, tra a terrible travel situation happen uh, at Dayton uh, and looked gas in that game. They just need a couple more bodies off the bench. They don't have that, um, but it's a very disappointing season. I mean, this team came in ranked. They came in with all these guys coming back. They didn't lose anybody to the transfer portal. They got transfers in, and and now they're just really, really struggling. They've got some brutal games coming up, uh, and, and it's just a season that, um, you know, it, it – it, it it's super disappointing, and it's a season that, again, I'm not saying that Bonaventure, you know, well, Sweet 16 or, you know, win a tournament game for the first time in, you know, forever. Um, I'm not saying they were going to do any of that, but I do think that this team was a tournament team going into the season. Uh, I don't know if they would have won another A-10 regular season title or a tournament title or whatever the case may be, but their at-large hopes are done. They have to win the conference tournament, unless they, you know, unless they just want to win out. Uh, which is just, there's no way that's going to happen. Um, and then I think you still might need a couple in the, you know, in, in the A-10, or maybe even get to the final, because, you know, you're, you're right now, the way it looks, I mean, they're they're going to lose, you know, probably eight, nine games in the regular season. Um, they ain't getting an at-large bid. Um, 
you know, as I record this, there's a handful of games left in, in the league. I mean, you got to play St. Louis twice. You got to play at VCU, brutal game. Uh, these games are really, really difficult. And you don't have great opportunities to beat teams to enhance your tournament resume. Um, Davidson, they had that opportunity last Tuesday. They didn't do it. Uh, fought with them. They were down five at the half. Uh, and then Davidson went on a 22-4 to run, and that was pretty much it. I mean, the Bonnies fought at the back end. Um, you know, at, at the back end, it was it was certainly a, 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 a valiant effort. But, again, they came up short. They left guys open for three all the time. Uh, you can't do that against a good shooting team. Um you know, so Bonaventure won two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, even, even if they won ten in a row to close the year, um, twelve and six, twenty-two and six, I, I probably still doesn't get them in. And really, the two losses that you're looking at right now, Bonaventure would still be in okay shape if they had beaten Northern Iowa at home and they had beaten George Mason on the road. Those are really the two that you're looking at. The Dayton loss, you can kind of, kind of throw in there, but but not so much because at Dayton is just always, always brutal. It doesn't matter what the team is doing, how where they are, if they're ranked, not ranked, um, how young they are, how old they are. It doesn't matter. Dayton at Dayton is always just one of the toughest games in the conference. Um, so we'll see what happens from here, but it's just been a really disappointing season. I did think that they were a tournament team going into the year. I thought they could make maybe some noise in the tournament in terms of just being a really tough out. I don't know if they would have won a game or two. Uh, but now it, it doesn't matter. They have to win the conference tournament for sure uh, to get into the NCAAs. Quick thought on the Syracuse Orange. Um, you know, this is a team that just all year, it, it's really just been missing um, from a defensive standpoint. And I think from a guarding standpoint on, you know, the outside, uh, it's just not a, a very good basketball team. And, and when they get two guys exploding offensively, you know, the rest of the starting five doesn't show up or like, you know, it's, it's that, and it's wildly inconsistent and all the rest. Right. Because if you look at it, Buddy Bayheim is obviously the superstar of the team. Um, but because he's been really, uh, counted on to score a ton, you know, his shooting percentage has dipped. He went through that, that, that slump. Um, you know, they get, let's say something out of the Bayheim brothers. Let's say they get 45, 50 points out of the Bayheim brothers. Then Gerard Swider aren't really performing. Obviously, Torrance's injury did you know didn't help at one point of the season. Uh, Frank Anselm, I think many people in Central New York were hoping Anselm and Benny Williams would would take a, a, a leap forward this year. It would have been nice. I think Benny Williams should have been playing probably a little bit more in the beginning of the year. Um, I, you know, I've heard through the grapevine that his parents are not happy with Bayheim. Um, and the treatment of Benny Williams, that could be another situation where, um, you know, it's a doghouse deal and, um, you know, Bayheim is just kind of, you know, not treating a, a freshman fairly. Um, we've seen it before. Um, Jim's been doing it a long time, obviously knows a lot more about basketball than I do, but, you know, Benny Williams, I mean, was a four or five star kid coming into the, coming, coming into the school and he's, he's he doesn't play. Um, that doesn't happen in college basketball four or five star guy, you come in and you get minutes immediately. Um, if you're not a starter, then you're getting 10, 12, 15 minutes off the bench. Um, so, you know, this team, again, they live and die by, by Buddy and Jimmy, uh, and, and some of the outside shooting. I, I think Cole Swider has actually recently kind of picked up his game a little bit, getting more comfortable, um, shooting the basketball and, and defensively, he's kind of up that point per game to 12.7, but he's been active on the boards as well, which I think has been a, a really good thing. 
uh, for him uh, and, and a lot better defensively too. The, the guy this year who's really, really impressed me has been Jesse Edwards. He's taken, I mean, outside of the foul trouble in a lot of spots this year, Jesse Edwards as a junior um, really has taken the next step. And I think next year you could have a really, really solid center for the Orange. I mean, they have lacked big men for how long? Uh, really, I don't think have had a center since like Fab Mello who could really be uh, uh, you know, a dominating force. Maybe Jesse Edwards can develop into a dominating force on both sides of the basketball court. Mike Lindsley with you here. Some thoughts on college basketball. We're brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, Rosie's Corner, and our great, great friends over at Stanley Law Offices. Log on today to stanleylawoffices.com and uh, check them out uh, all over social media uh, together. They'll work to get you the maximum award. A big uh, thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program, as well as the Vince Aguera Consulting Group and Burton Ace Hardware. I'm Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. And, of course, you can hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Now a word from our friends at Bet Online. There might be less football being played out, but hey, Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. Hey, listen, it goes from player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. In fact, with the new year now, what, a month plus in, comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just you'd use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. Not just football, too. It's hockey, it's boxing, it's basketball, and more. Bet online, where the game starts. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. Also, a big-time thanks to Masterworks uh, in partnering with Believe. What I'm about to say might shock you folks, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a GOAT on the field. He's a GOAT when it comes to investing as well. Stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the GOAT with Masterworks. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe and uh, get involved today. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. This is your opportunity now to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. With Masterworks, go ahead and visit masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.